and welcome to episode 24 of Crime Stoppers See It, Say It, Stop It, a podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, unwanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to help make their community safer. I'm your host, Sean Sport, and I have our detective of Crime Stoppers and coordinator, uh, Mark Majumudu, as well as PC Sean O'Neill, our Crime Stoppers Community Engagement and Social Media Officer, sitting in as co host. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Yourself? Very good, very good. Today we are going to have a, an extended conversation on the uh, the topic of human trafficking. On March 22nd or 20th to 22nd, 2023, the Toronto Police Service Human Trafficking Enforcement Team hosted an international conference uh, here in Toronto that brought delegates from around the world to discuss the topic of human trafficking. You know, with a collaborative approach to tackle uh, the issue, Toronto Crime Stoppers was lucky to be in attendance. Um, you know, all three of us were there. Had the uh, the pleasure of interviewing a number of delegates which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. I mean, uh, I think uh, with the team that was also working the conference, they made sure uh, people were aware that we were there. And, and yeah. the participants, right, Mark, uh, Sean, they, they were very engaged yeah. in the short five to ten minute uh, little interview. Yeah, it was uh, really interesting. It was nice to, to be invited to the table. I think it was uh, an authentic piece yeah. um, to highlight the great effort um, of the uh, human trafficking enforcement team and the delegates that were in attendance, uh, yeah. just to spread that word globally. And it was, it, was, it was funny to a degree because we're sitting there and people were kind of like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you guys are doing a podcast. You know, we did these five minute clips or whatnot. And it was, uh, you know, the, the, the team that was there was good at pushing people our way, but I think organically, yeah. They were curious and they said, hey, we want to we want to chat. We want to have a talk with these guys. Right. And so that's what today's podcast is going to be all about. And we're going to blend all those interviews together. Um, but to, to kick things off, you know, we have a special guest with us today. We have uh, Constable David O joining us from the Toronto Police Service Human Trafficking Enforcement Team to discuss the conference. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So let's just uh, get into it. And, you know, why did you and the team decide to put this conference on and bring all these delegates uh, to the table here in Toronto? Uh, if we look back, uh, so back in 2018, um, our team was led by Nunzio Tremontosi. He, right. uh, he was our detective sergeant, and he had put together a similar conference in 2018. It was called the International Human Trafficking Conference, more on training and awareness, and that was an absolute success. Right. Um, where we had uh, delegates from all over the world, uh, as far as Portugal, uh, Europe, down in the states, uh, nationwide Canada, and uh, a lot of a lot of the delegates actually reached out to us. Mm. Um, and the things that they learned from the conference, they had they reached out to us for further information. Um, when they were caught in a rut in an investigation, they would reach out to us, our unit. Uh, I'm going to say we're quite experienced mm -hmm. um, and we've got a lot of resources here in Toronto mm -hmm. um, as opposed to other provinces, small towns. They don't really have those resources. Right. So they would reach out to us, ask us for advice, especially, you know, even investigative tools such as uh, investigative probes, mm -hmm. um, undercover work uh, in relation to uh, catching traffickers as well as saving individuals from being trafficked. So. Back, I, I believe it was in 20, 2020 uh, or 2021, our unit was being led by Dave Correa. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the detective sergeant at the time. And uh, with all the requests from outside agencies, uh, police agencies, as well as support groups, 
he put forward a, a, a grant to get uh, some funding for a right. conference. Unfortunately, he left the unit. Uh, he got promoted. He left the unit, so it got put on my lap. I mean, I was present at the 2018 conference. However, kind of want to take a different approach, just with more of the, not so much the training portion, but more of the, the current issues that were going right. on. Uh, within the human trafficking world. For instance, uh, I incorporated uh, the Ukrainian uh, refugees, uh, mm. which, is, which has been an issue in our office. Um, we've been in communication with the uh, Ukrainian National Federation of Canada. Mm -hmm. um, they had a lot of questions, and I wasn't aware of uh, what was going on, right. uh, how many uh, Ukrainians were fleeing the war, coming to Canada. Um, I think it was roughly 500 per week. Wow. Um, and it, it was predominantly women and children. Mm -hmm. Just through some of the uh, incidents that uh, they reported to us, I thought it's something something that uh, yeah, for we sure. can address, I guess, nationwide as well as worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of the law enforcement agencies weren't aware of what was going on. Yeah. And I, th I thought this would be the best place to uh, kind of uh, share the information as well as the resources. Yeah, yeah. Further to that, I mean, our conference was a little Toronto, Ontario heavy. However, yeah. throughout the years, I've um, just just in the back of my mind, I kept track of uh, the questions that we received from other law enforcement agencies as well as support mm -hmm. groups. And um, ideally, what I did was pretty much gathered all all the uh, the issues that people were seeking mm -hmm. or reaching out to us for. I thought we would maybe have those uh, subject matter experts come in. Yeah and explain the platform because it's not our it's not our products but or uh, platforms it's theirs mm -hmm. and we were just fortunate enough we're as a unit uh, with the Toronto Police uh, Service Human Trafficking Enforcement Team we're quite fortunate to have these organizations reach out to us knowing that we are uh, one of the busiest or the most caseload uh, within within the nation and uh, I thought I would share that with all the attendees that attended. Mm -hmm. So generally, um, I mean, we, we had a lot of, uh, we did have an inter international presence um, as far as uh, the Republic of uh, Korea, uh, where staff superintendent attended. There was uh, in, uh, law enforcement and support groups from uh, the United Kingdom, um, mm -hmm. as well as nationwide across Canada, the US. Uh, we had uh, a lot of uh, law enforcement as well as the uh, Department of Justice um, I mean, their laws are different, and uh, just through conversations after some of the presentations, they do things a lot different. However, feeding off each other, it was uh, it was a great networking event. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think ideas and all that, so. from my aspect, I like the robust delegates that were there, right? So you, you named a few, yes. uh, obviously the police agencies and maybe a little Ontario heavy, sure, but you're still getting the message out there. But even other partners, right? Uber. TikTok, some of the other platforms, if you will, that are here to help. And I thought that was pretty cool. And how, how, did, you, how did you bring all of those folks together? So um, within, within our investigations, um, for instance, Uber, TikTok, Airbnb, we're consistently dealing with, with the data that they, they hold. Um, because within the uh, human trafficking world, a lot of the traffickers are using their uh, whether it's their platform or their services, mm -hmm. um, to be discreet, um, as opposed to hotels. Yes, it does still exist, but right. uh, they're trying to do stuff behind the scenes and uh, kind of be nonchalant about it. But 
at the end of the day, when we do our investigations, those are the common right. um, uh, platforms that we're running into. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, they have been nothing but supportive uh, for law enforcement. Those were actually some of the requests. Um, how do you get a judici uh, judicial authorization right. from, for instance, TikTok, Uber, Airbnb, as well as Leo List, uh, even Pornhub. Mm -hmm. uh, they were actually uh, uh, present at the uh, the conference, but unfortunately they couldn't uh, present their platform. Yeah, it's a little bit of a sensitive topic there, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes. Mark, what about uh, what about you? What were your takeaways from the uh, the conference? I admired the collaboration of those there. I, I think uh, as organizers, you guys did an amazing job by getting all these um, individuals together, all these partners together. Thank you. Um, I think looking at it, and you mentioned to name a few, obviously from the uh, investigative side and the policing side of things, it's so important because as we know uh, and we have information that comes in or we're acting on or we're trying to put together or piece together a case, um, there are so many different layers. So to really get into the minutia, these experts coming to really share um, their value and their purpose and how they fit within this whole scope or an overall investigation, I think um, was, was kind of neat. I, uh, you mentioned it before, Sean, uh, of just, you know, the interest of individuals mm -hmm. coming over to us, just wanting to share that here's a platform, here's an avenue, sending that greater message out to, to could be a victim, could be a potential victim, um, mm -hmm. could be someone that knows uh, information that can help support um, an investigation or prevent um, an incident from happening. So this was, it, it was really interesting. I think we were going for for, uh, for the uh, authentic uh, yeah. side of things. And, and I think that's what we got out of this. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of unique and, and yeah, that's, you know, my takeaway. Yeah, it was surprised too when we had conversations and people were like, Crime Stoppers, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Right, and I know Sean, you, uh, O'Neill, you did a, a bunch of the, uh, the interviews. What was your takeaway? Yeah, no, I, I love the, the engagement part of it. Um, they, the, the one thing that uh, kind of stands out in my mind as well is how uh, you managed to reach out to Beyond the Blue as well mm. uh, yes. as support, being that there was a lot of enforcement, uh, law enforcement members there. It was nice that you're also showing support for the internal members as well by having that kind of resource uh, at the fingertips if they had questions mm. or anything. Um, the interviews were very engaged. Um, and you're right, it was, uh, you know, at first you, you get someone yeah. mic'd up and also they're a little bit nervous. Yeah, and yeah. By the end of it, that's it. Can yeah. I do a little bit more? <laughs> uh, so it was, it was really engaging. I jumped into a couple sessions and you can just see everyone was attentive and, and the topics, like you were saying, there were topics that were relevant to, to the investigators, to the attendees. And that's why you got that, that energy in, inside the, uh, the conference. Mm -hmm. Job well done. Thank you. Yeah, it was very good. Congratulations. I did, I did want to, I mean, that, that's a great point you made about the term Beyond the Blue. The reason why I want to incorporate them was that the things we see in an investigation, uh, mm. things we see here, the maintenance of uh, uh, or assisting the victim, I mean, the, the, the trauma that we actually see firsthand yeah um it, it does take a toll on a lot of uh, like all our investigators within sure. the office mm -hmm. um i mean do we take it home and um you know uh, dwell on it uh, some people may but you know it's it's tough it, it's it's tough to uh, do an investigation yeah. from start to finish it's not it's not something that uh, i'm going to say most investigators can do um uh, i mean we're we're doing victim management 
24-7. Uh, our phones are always on uh, yeah. trying to support our victims as much as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you guys are human. Exactly. Right? Yes. You, yeah. you, you know, you think you're tough until you see something and you're like, well, wait a minute. That's right. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I, it's Otherwise hitting me hard. Yeah. The association there, too. And yeah. Being, Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Over there for sure. Support. And that's why we talk about the collaboration. There were so many elements and so many pieces and so many partners yeah, yeah. that yeah. came to the table. Um, I think it really sent a strong message to say, you know what? Everyone is united. We're on a united front helping to combat um, the overall you know, issues that we're having. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were all there for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great that we all put our heads together and our minds together and, uh, you know, try and, like you said, combat uh, the fight against human trafficking. Well, we're going to hear from Crystal from Beyond the Blue as well as Pete uh, Grande from uh, the association. You know, we'll just get into it. And, you know, the, the next series of conversations are going to be with members of the Toronto Crime Stopper team with various delegates from the uh, the conference so hope you enjoy and hopefully you take something away I have with me inspector David Korea from the Toronto Police Service Good afternoon. welcome I shouldn't say welcome you you are a part of this in organizing the Toronto Police Service International Human Trafficking Conference 2023 um, certainly a delight uh, for us all to be here. Um, I've been here over the past few days and I've watched all the collaboration and the partnerships that are here to help support um, in this great fight against human trafficking globally, not just here in Toronto, um, not just here in the province, but globally yes. and internationally. Um, Inspector, what can you share with us um, uh, today um, the, the importance of having such a venue uh, and bringing this awareness piece? Well, there's a lot of reasons, right? So um, I'm just blessed to be part of a community of um, specialists or practitioners who are pursuing advocacy, um, holding offenders accountable, and trying to make like material changes in how we deal with um, survivors, how we prosecute uh, offenders, and how we engage ourselves in prevention from this happening. So um, I'm blessed to be a part of that community and, and that membership. And there's no, there's no person who's in that membership. They are different than any other investigator. They yes. have to wear multiple hats. They have to be, you know, sometimes a father figure, mother figure. Sometimes they have to be um, a counselor. Sometimes right. they have to put on their law enforcement hat. That's right. And, you know, so... Uh, there's the like the dynamic uh, skills that you need to have in this space is truly remarkable. So, and so that I wanted to start with that. And, yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, why is it important? Because this type of work is very cyclical in terms of trends of people being aware of the problem. Like there'll be, uh, you'll have investigators and advocates who are in this space for several years, and then they transition to a new role, yep. and then people lose sight of it. Like That's we're right. not, we have to continuously be relevant and, and sharing that this problem is still here. We yeah. need to still act. We need to still educate. We still need to collaborate, yeah. all those things. So it's really important. And conferences are a great venue for that. 
Yes. Right. Um, so we bring all all people with their respective disciplines all in one place. Not of all, we don't always agree on everything. That's right. Right. Like yes. some, you know, but we all agree that we want to serve the survivor as best as we can. Yes. yes. And we want to keep our community safe. And we want to hold offenders accountable. I have, I do not apologize for putting bad men in jail <laughs> or bad women. Yes. But, uh, or bad people. Yes. So, um, so this venue is great because sometimes it's not even about the content that comes from the stage. It's about the backdoor conversations that are happening in the hallways at, right. at, the, at the coffee dispenser or, right. you know, That's or right. talking to vendors and just yeah. exchanging experiences and exchanging opportunities to work together. So that's what this brings to, to the forefront. You know what? And, and it, it's so important you, you elaborated a, a little bit there on uh, Nexus and the connectivity among different units. And, and certainly we see the, the work and the time and the effort um, that's devoted in, in, into these types of investigations. What would we, you recommend um, as an investigator for those that are experiencing, and, and we know how difficult um, it becomes for, for, for some sadly victims um, that are affected by this to come forward. What, what, what would your message be to them? My message to them would be is that the people who do this line of work predominantly are doing it for the right reasons um, and do it with an open heart, with caring in mind and supporting in, in mind. They're going to be received by people who are not going to judge them, mm -hmm. who are going to provide them the best services that they can and, and truly support their, their healing process. So, and I think that's important because some of the some of the positive feedback we've received from survivors and it's weird because they say oh you know you're not like a cop you're not uh, like a cop i know uh, and, and sometimes yeah. I, I get mixed emotions on that because <laughs> i'm proud to be a police yes. officer yes and i'm proud of the work yeah. that a police officer fundamentally does right but then for her she doesn't she, he or she doesn't right. like that image right. Right. so we so we have to kind of yes. adapt that's right our delivery system so that they can feel comfortable that's right so for us, I want to reinforce the fact that they may not get the traditional police officer that they run into. And that's, re that's really uh, good to know and good to hear. You've heard it today, folks, right from the inspector. You know what? Reach out. Reach out. I think that's the start. And, 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 and have someone, whether it's a police officer, there's so many conduits for you to report incidents um, or even to get information from. Um, so by all means, inspector, I want to say thank you for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule uh, to sit here with us and, no, and pleasure. reconfirm uh, your commitment and the services commitment and, and this unit's commitment uh, to the global fight. And I want to say thank you to Crime Stoppers. You guys have been champions in this space. You didn't just kind of help on the sides, like you, you fully engulfed yourselves into this topic. And you know, there's some, that's something for you guys to be proud of. And I, I'm happy to partner with, with you as, as often as we do. And, uh, and to your point, we do want people to report yes. and give us a chance. Yes. And you know what? Get to know us. And there's no pressure techniques here. It's just about let's just have a conversation and then let's see where it goes. Excellent. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hi, everyone. It's Sean O'Neill from Toronto Crime Stoppers. With me, I have Crystal Jones from Beyond the Blue. And uh, so, Crystal, tell me about Beyond the Blue. So Toronto Beyond the Blue started in 2017, mm -hmm. and we were an organization that was born out of necessity. Uh, my co-founder, Dilnez Garda, um, who was also the president for a number of years uh, prior to me moving into that role, um, 
lost her brother to suicide as a result of an on-the-job shooting. And he struggled with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and as a result, we noted that there were a lack of uh, supports in place for families like ours. Um, there was a lot of resources and support available for officers, but the families were often left wondering where we can go when we start noticing signs and um, that something's not right with, right with our loved one's mental health. And two women who just yeah. don't take no for an answer, good, good. Uh, we went after it. And, you know, six years later, we have a thriving national brand that honors the experience of the police family. We provide very curated mental health resources. Mm -hmm. We connect people with police culture informed, trauma trained mental health clinicians. Um, and we offer a variety of programming, not just mental health, but also we, we focus on children, police children specifically, uh, and connecting them with other kids in, in a very safe way. There's, there's so many facets to what we do um, and it, everything was just kind of born out of a need. Yeah, absolutely. As a police officer uh, myself, uh, I do appreciate all the effort that your organization does. Uh, I have my own family. We have tapped into some resources as well. So by all means, if there's anyone listening to this podcast that needs that additional support, please reach out. There's always someone here to help. Um, so how many chapters is there across Canada? So we have nine chapters in total. Um, and we, we have some that are currently in the works of, of starting their chapter and getting their chapters together. Mm -hmm. um, the process is, is very, we're, we're making it more seamless. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking at it more of a, a, a centralized focus for being able to make that startup piece a little more easier um, and not making it so difficult for police families of smaller services who say, hey, Maybe we want a chapter. Our families could use this, but then they kind of get stuck at that roadblock of finding people right. to, to volunteer their time. Right. Um, we are a volunteer-led organization as well as being police families. So our, all of our executives have careers. Mm -hmm. um, and we do this because we just believe in, in the role that we play in police families' lives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's amazing. I didn't realize uh, that you were a volunteer organization as well. So. Um, where, what do you plan on getting out of the conference here today by, by Beyond the Blue being here today? I'm really hoping to connect with members of, uh, you know, human trafficking units or child exploitation units to let them know that these resources are, are there for them as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they're confidential. We don't share information with a service or an association. Um, and we provide more than just a one-stop shop if that's what they need. A lot of... Um, officers within human trafficking units they're gone away from their families or um, some of them have expressed to me that it feels like they're being held emotionally hostage mm -hmm. that does trickle down to your family your yeah. family life and, and you may have a spouse that feels isolated mm -hmm. we offer specific spouse programming that connects them with other police spouses so they don't feel so isolated and alone yeah no that that's phenomenal so wait, what is the best way of reaching out like if i if uh like, is it a website? Is it through a referral, through EFAP? Like, how, how does one reach out to your organization? Yep, so come direct. So we're very easy to get a hold of because we want people to call us. Yeah. Um, so they can call the number on the website. They can reach us confidentially through email. Mm -hmm. They can submit a form. 
through, if they wanted peer support, they could submit directly through the website. It comes to me. Okay. Um, I'm the only person that sees it. Mm -hmm. And then I will kind of facilitate what next steps would look like based on what the request is. Right. Right. As a police officer, I think the one thing that, uh, um, you know, we're always concerned about is we're always worried about people finding out uh, what issues we may have going on in the home and so forth uh, from work-related PTSD and so forth. So this is completely uh, secure. It's anonymous. Like, no one's going to find out my information on my file, right? Right. So I don't even keep a file. Okay. Like, that, that's how um, it's it really is about developing your trust and relationship mm -hmm. um, so that when you do come to me, you, you have confidence in knowing that it's not going to leave. I often share a little bit about our story. Like my spouse and I, we were having severe marital discord mm -hmm. and there was nowhere for me to turn. I didn't have that safe person that I could talk to. Right. And that's why we created this organization was giving somebody just a safe person and know um, and people say well that's great like you say that but how do I know I can trust you mm -hmm. our organization has been built mm -hmm. on our ability to keep a secret right, <laughs> right? Yeah. and if we ruin that by you know breaching someone's confidence outside yeah. of very specific parameters the right. only time I would ever break confidence is if somebody was going to harm themselves of course um, or another person mm -hmm. but once we ruin that we will never get it back right and then all of this will have been for nothing right and that's something that sits with me very 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 seriously and um i don't take it lightly i understand the struggles that we face as police families because i am one yeah so confidence um anonymity all those things are very important when seeking help and we do it in a way that makes you feel thousand pounds has been lifted off of your chest. Right, yeah, I can relate to that. I can relate to yeah. that. So um, with that in mind, if I send an email today, let's say to you, or I reach out to you, what's the turnaround time in getting a response? Um, so sometimes I get it right away okay. um, and I'm on it. Uh, I am in university full-time as well as a full-time mom now. Um, so if it is uh, very serious, I would ask that you go through the peer support portal. Um, if you're, or text me, texting me is fine. Um, I get that. I check our info at email throughout the day, but not immediately. Right. Um, especially while I'm in school, but within 24 hours, you're yeah. going to hear something. And oh, if, if you say to me, Crystal, this is serious. Like I need you to call me. Right. I'll leave class and call. Wow. It, it, we treat each member like they're our family. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to foster is, you know, when, when, when you call and you say, I need help, someone is there to answer the phone yeah. and help you. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I know the biggest thing, uh, as a, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a police officer, is once you're able to connect with other families, other spouses, going through the similar thing, realizing you're not just the only one, that's when I found the healing to start. And that's why I encourage anyone listening, please reach out. Please reach out to Beyond the Blue. Uh, if you do have any questions, go to their website and uh, give this a try. That's what at least you can do is give everything a try. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, it's just no? been really great connecting with you. Um, our website, we have the Toronto website, which is torontobeyondtheblue.com. Mm -hmm. um, or people can visit the canadabeyondtheblue.com website. Okay, Crystal. Well, thank you so much for dropping by. Have a great day. Everyone, it's Sean Sporn here at the Toronto Police Human Trafficking Conference. 
And I have Tamia Nagy with me. Hey, Tamia, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're here today at the, uh, the Human Trafficking Conference that Toronto uh, Police Service is putting on? Yeah, thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. I want to start with that. I am a survivor of human trafficking. I came to Canada 24 years ago. Okay. I thought I'm going to be a babysitter or a dancer in a nightclub, but unfortunately it wasn't the case. Right. Um, I was a victim for three months. I escaped with the help of Canadian people. And then eventually I find my way back and um, I... Uh, realized it probably 10 years later that I was a victim of human trafficking because wow. there was no words for it. There was no training. There was nothing. So right. I'm here today because I was invited to do a presentation. Okay. And um, it just really is amazing to see how many people are fighting the fight now mm -hmm. for people like me. Right, right. Yeah, I guess because it's an international and with social media and all those things that come with it, it's more prevalent now when it comes to visibility. So You're so right about that. Yeah, so I think it's a good thing. And I know the Toronto Police Service have a really uh, dynamic human trafficking team. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your company and some of the training that you provide? Yeah, thank you. So company called Tamiya's Cause. Um, I started about eight years ago. It's a social enterprise and uh, our goal is to educate, create sustainable way of educating. You know, funding is always an issue. So mm -hmm. I found a, found a way to uh, create incredible survival-led human trafficking courses for law enforcement, banks, service providers, victim services. Uh, and the goal is that the profit that we make, instead of donating it, we give it right. back and we hire survivors. So okay. we have survivors who work with us. We have consultants. We work with Facebook, Airbnb. We work with pretty large companies. And right. Just recently, we uh, released our course for uh, police officers across Canada on CPKN, which is a big deal. So it's um, it basically is the world's first survival-led training. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So the training piece of the company is called PC Online Institute. How many police services are you in in Canada? So far, we actually fully trained about 12 agencies, wow. including so I'd say we are up to about 54, almost 5,600 just with this specific training. Okay. But I've been doing this for 14 years. So overall, I think we reached about 60,000 officers in North wow. America and Europe. Wow, awesome. I mean, you know, that just gets the message out there, the education, the understanding of what they can see and how they can help. I mean, that's perfect. You got it. And you wrote a book. Yeah. I think when I started doing this work, yeah. it was so new and I was so the first of. So a lot of people wanted to award the work that I was doing. There's a lot of great survival leaders and advocates out there who's doing yeah. a great job. I just happened to be at the beginning of the journey. So I got a, I got a lot of awards. Um, nice. I'm very, very grateful for them. The book itself, I wrote that a good few years ago, got published three years ago called Out of the Shadows. Um, it's in the bookstores and it was a best-selling book pretty much six days after it went on Whoa. market. But what that shows me that people have appetite for these stories and they want to sure. learn more, which for is sure. amazing. Because it intrigues the mind to want to learn more. And when they learn more, you get the awareness out at the same time. So it's it's a win-win. Can you get the book online at all or no? Yeah, it's on online on Amazon and any bookstores you walk into. And in the United States, it's uh, Amazon. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us at our pod, our, with our podcast where we're trying to highlight a lot of the delegates like yourself that are here today. We're going to blend this together and we're going to have a dynamic podcast series that we put out. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, ad, for your advocacy. Good afternoon, Ashley. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Um, certainly uh, a delight to see so many partners here today amplifying the message to combat human trafficking. As we know, human trafficking is a global issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you can take a few minutes just to let us know, you know, your participation and your role sure. here today. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, so I work for the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking um, and we're a national charitable organization and really founded to end all forms of trafficking in Canada. So we address both sex and labour trafficking, um, but we are also the operators of the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline. Um, that's a confidential multilingual hotline that's available right across Canada. It's available 24-7. We also have chat on our website. Um, but really, the, the focus of the hotline is um, to respond to victims and survivors of this crime, to be able to provide them with localized referrals and supports in their community. And then we get a lot of questions and calls from frontline professionals and community members. So doing education and awareness and advocacy as well through the hotline. That's just amazing. And I could see some similarities mm -hmm. in terms of uh, Toronto Crime Stoppers and Crime Stoppers globally. Absolutely. Um, how uh, your enterprise um, has a nexus or a similarity um, to what we are collectively uh, trying to address. Um, what would you recommend um, to victims mm -hmm. of crime or even persons from within the communities mm -hmm. that may have a suspicion or, or things of that nature? Yeah, yeah. So, what would be your message to them? It's a great question. I just want to respond to the, the idea that, you know, we know that people can open multiple different doors to access services. So Crime Stoppers can be one door. The Canadian Human Trafficking right. Hotline can be one door. They can walk through the front door of a police service or a social service agency. So um, having as many doors that are opening, open and welcome, I think is really key. Yes. Um, but in terms of um, what we would say to victims and survivors is the hotline is really, it's, it's person-centered, it's trauma-informed. And so no matter what time, day or night, there's someone that's gonna pick up the phone who actually really understands the situation that you're in, who will listen without judgment, and who will be able to walk with you through the additional options, whether or not you're ready to leave that situation. And I think that's really key, right? We, we get calls from folks who are all across where they, where they are in terms of readiness to leave a situation. Um, and then we also get lots of calls from family members and community members, and like I mentioned, frontline professionals. Um, really just having questions about trafficking or they, they want more information, they want resources, or they've seen something through, you know, um, in the community or through their duties at work that's just kind of not sat well with them. And so there's an opportunity, again, to really speak with a professional who really understands the nuances of trafficking in Canada, to really kind of walk through that scenario, answer questions. Um, one of the nice things about the hotline is every caller is given a case number cool. so that if you're able to call back with additional information right. or additional questions or you need additional services, we can really connect you right back to your case notes and really continue the conversation there. So a lot of what we do on the hotline is kind of advocacy and education um, with community members about what Amazing. they might be seeing. Yeah. We also do safety planning. So we do have um, calls from friends and family who are seeing potentially those signs of luring and grooming with wow. a, a loved one or a friend. And so really working with them to not only um, support them, but how do they stay safe as well? Yeah. We know that victims and survivors 
often require safety planning, whether they're in a situation or they're leaving. But we don't always think about family and friends who also might require some safety planning to yes. keep themselves safe. Yes. And uh, Ashley, if you can share with us, mm -hmm. how, how does one get in contact? Yeah. Oh, good question. Of course. Uh, so the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline is available at 1-833-900-1010. It's toll-free, completely confidential. Um, we also have a website, so it's www.canadianhumantraffickinghotline.ca. Um, and we have free materials, hotline awareness materials available for download. So if you want to put that poster up in your community, um, that's a really great piece of the puzzle in terms of starting to address this um, and there's information and resources available as well and we have a publicly available referral directory of over 900 oh, wow. services across the country that people can browse as well that is excellent well you've heard it folks um, <laughs> ashley the director of stakeholder relations at the canadian center to end human trafficking what an amazing program ashley thank you for taking the time for meeting with us and we look forward to your continued partnership Likewise. fighting human trafficking globally. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, now we have Nick from Uber. Uber is no uh, stranger to uh, Toronto Crime Stoppers. You've been a partner yes. with us for a long time, and we very much appreciate that. So what brings you to the conference today? I have been asked uh, to come along and to do a presentation for all of the attendees. I'm going to be talking about the, the public safety team that we've got at Uber. Excellent. And I remember um, re regarding the public safety team, what, what does that entail really? So we are a team um, that proactively and reactively um, assists law enforcement, uh, public safety officials, um, whenever there is an incident, accident or investigation that touches our platform, um, we are there to support uh, public safety in any way we can. And what's the best way of uh, reporting something? The best way for law enforcement to reach out to us mm -hmm. is via our portal. Uh, the portal is www.lert.uber.com um, and that is a portal that's there obviously 24-7 and for law enforcement and public safety officials to, to reach out to us to preserve data, uh, to request data um, and to ask any questions um, concerning their potential investigation. And what's the turnaround time when they do reach out? Is it, you know, is someone monitoring this 24 hours? Yes. Yeah? Yep. We have built a team um, that is located uh, all around the world uh, in different locations, works 24-7, mm -hmm. there to support law enforcement. So if law enforcement uh, or public safety are out and about and, and they come across an incident uh, that's connected to our platform and they need to reach out, then yes, there is a team there 24-7 okay. um, who sit behind the portal and will be there to, to assist them. Wow, that's amazing. You know, Nick, one other time we met before, the one thing that I was quite surprised was how much educational platform is provided for the drivers. Uh, originally at the surface value as a civilian, you know, I just imagine, okay, you sign up for Uber, you go for the screening process, and that's really it. But you mentioned there's an educational component on keeping your drivers up to date, your skill set, how to identify things like human trafficking and so forth. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, no, sure. Um, we have uh, created, I guess, like a, a driver app, and within that driver app, there are various resources mm -hmm. for them to go to. Obviously, there's, you know, many eyes and ears on the ground who are out and about there people up dropping them off mm -hmm. um, and they see things and, and they hear things and it's important for us in our position as a company to be able to to drive awareness um, and in particular like you mentioned something like human trafficking 
we have over the past few years worked very closely, um, not just with law enforcement or public safety officials, but also with various NGOs, for example, the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking. Um, we've, we've worked with them to push out various awareness material to our drivers each year. Uh, we recently um, worked closely with Truckers Against Trafficking mm -hmm. um, and pushed out awareness material to our freight uh, drivers, shippers, carriers. Um, and so we're always looking for those those opportunities to, to partner with the right folks in order to yeah to enhance awareness for those drivers who wow. are out there. Yeah, I just found it fascinating when you were telling me about it. If there's one thing you had to tell our listeners, what would that be? What would what would be your message to our Toronto Crime Stoppers listeners? That we, as a company, are you know very much aware that those folks are out there and they are driving people around. They're picking them up, picking up food, uh, dropping that off. They are out and about, and we are looking to work as closely as we can with law enforcement, public safety officials, with NGOs um, to, to utilize that. We have a very unique opportunity within the community to be able to enhance safety, and that's something that we feel passionately about. Well, thank you, Nick, for dropping by. Have a great conference. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, Jasmine. Hi, good afternoon. Nice to have you here. Before we get uh, started, um, maybe you could just uh, give us a little bit of background. I know Safe Hope Home, um, another partner, um, is here and you're representative of. Um, if you could just tell us why you're here and, and uh, the contribution towards this uh, wonderful event. Yeah, thank you so much. So I am the executive director at Safe Hope Home and Safe Hope Home is um, one of Canada's only uh, survivor-led long-term uh, recovery programs for survivors of human trafficking. So we have a few different components. We have a residential home where we have uh, six beds as well as a seventh, like a seventh transitional apartment room. Um, we can have clients up to uh, seven years be a part of our program. So uh, we understand that you know healing isn't linear and it takes a long time. And so we're committed um, to providing that safe space for the healing to happen um, as long as they need, really. So, um, you know, doing a lot of the trauma work. So we have like a phase one of our program where they do, um, you know, trauma uh, work in the classroom setting and group settings. And uh, they go through things like healthy relationships and childhood trauma and um, boundaries and addictions and that sort of stuff, kind of things that, um, may have played a role in um, setting them up to being uh, vulnerable to being trafficked um, or things that they need to work on that um, traumas they've, they've you know acquired while being trafficked. Uh, we also connect them with uh, trauma therapy as well as extracurricular activities, um, education, all of the tools that they need really to, to lead successful lives um, you know post being uh, trafficked and we take well, we also have an outreach program um, that works in the community and we'll meet clients wherever they're at and help them in, in whichever way we can. Um, and uh, in, in our all of our programs, we work with, um, you know, women with children. So we, we help support them with their children as well. We work with um, from 16 years of age um, and we have no age cap. So we can uh, take clients like whatever age they're at. And we know there's a big gap for 30 plus because a lot of programs are like 26, 29. And they, yeah. it's kind of uh, the, the cutoff. Um, I was invited uh, here to speak yes. about human trafficking from um, an Indigenous um, survivor lens. And so I'll be speaking tomorrow on that piece. Um, and so that's what uh, brought me out. But um, really been involved with this community for the last, I'm going to say, like, 13 years um, and just really love the work that, you know, Toronto Police does and victim services and uh, 
um, you know, all the partners here in this room. And it's, it's incredible to see how it's grown from, you know, the first time I was here when it first started to yes. today. Like, it's just incredible to see so many people rallying around um, yeah. to put an end to human trafficking. Amazing. Amazing. And thank you for that insightful um, background in terms of what uh, the program represents. I'm sure a lot um, of people will be looking forward to your messaging um, tomorrow. Um, in terms of a contact, um, how does one uh, from the community, if, if let's say I wanted to call and, and contact um, Safe Hope Home, um, what's the criteria and how do I contact you guys? Yeah, so the criteria is really just um, a woman um, or girl who identifies as being at risk or uh, has been trafficked um, and they would need an agency to refer them. Um, so it could be hospital, nurse, could be a police officer, it could be, you know, just any um, you know member um, working with them can refer them. And uh, the, the referral email um, as well as a peer support email is all on our website um, in the contact um, area and it's just safehopehome.com. Um, and uh, just the general email is info at safehopehome.com. And so if you email that, you can contact us. Excellent. Excellent. Jasmine, thank you so much. Folks, you heard it right from Jasmine's mouth. Um, this is a, a, an amazing portal, amazing program that's out there willing to help victims, willing to help those um, who, who need the assistance. So by all means, um, utilize yet another amazing service being provided. Um, through this platform in Safe Hope Home. And Jasmine, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning. Um, I know you are with Scotiabank. Yes. And definitely, I know you are set up throughout the day to provide some added information to all the delegates and those are in attendance. But maybe you can share with us some of the fantastic and great work that Scotiabank is doing. Awesome, that's great. Yes, thank you for having us here. We're, we're very happy to be here. Scotiabank is doing a lot in order to help mitigate with human trafficking and to help uh, victims in, in relation to human trafficking. Um, some of the key things that we have, like for example, uh, our investigations and the way we do things and how we approach things, we have some key players in, in uh, with the association that have been a part of Project Protect before. And as a result of that, we're able to utilize things that we've learned from the past in order to apply to our investigations now to help with our red flag indicators and our investigational paths as to how we approach our investigations when there's possibility of human trafficking or uh, indicators that may possibly indicate a victim of human trafficking through our investigations. Um, so there's great things in, in, in that way, um, as well as we're utilizing FinTracks, you know, uh, red flags, indicators, and how those do it and apply it to what we do. Like I said before, with uh, Project Protect, we have some key players here, and they also help us bring in a different aspect and to help us see uh, a different way. And um, so we have, like, uh, Stuart Davis, who's our head, and as well as Joseph Murray and my director, Anunja Tremitosi, who is a former and retired police uh, detective sergeant who was also the head of human trafficking while he's with the Toronto Police. So we have a great relationship with law enforcement as a result. And so the collaboration between partners is, is excellent. And uh, we can only hope to get better as we progress and, you know, um, and help fight crime as best as possibly can and help the, the victims. In addition to helping the victims, um, we have, or in helping victims, we have the first of its kind, a financial assistance program that Scotiabank will be speaking to at the, the conference and rolling out where we will provide bank accounts um, and a financial aspect for, for the victims because when they're coming out of, of their time of need, you know, they need 
help in that way um, and it's very difficult because they don't have built credit etc so we will be speaking to that and how we can help them and so Scotiabank is the first bank to be doing so and we're very proud of that and we only hope to, to do more. Wow, that's amazing news. Amazing news um, to learn and know um, certainly the expertise um, behind uh, all the work that Scotiabank is doing and certainly more so for the victims to know that that assistance is there. Um, that narrative and, and that vision um, came about now. I, I, I mean, certainly from our, from our lens, in terms of Crime Stoppers, um, we look and we, we share the same sentiment. Um, we're here um, listening to the voice of the public and, and trying to really meet their needs at the end of the day. So we really appreciate um, what you and the team at Scotiabank are doing, and uh, we look forward to a continued partnership. Great. Thank you, so do we. Thank you. Okay, have a great day. You too. Take care. Uh, with me, I have AJ from TikTok at the Toronto Police Services International Human Trafficking Conference at the Sheridan Hotel. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So tell me, what, what is uh, TikTok? How come you're here at the conference? Well, we're here because we really want to get our message out to as many police officers as we possibly can when it comes to how TikTok can support law enforcement uh, during a criminal investigation, during an emergency situation, and anything in between. Great. And from what I understand, too, you also have having a keynote speak. Correct. Yes. I'm going to be providing some training to all, hopefully all the police officers in attendance in terms of... Uh, all the steps that they need to follow if they would like to request user data from us to again support that criminal investigation piece or if they have an emergency situation that they're working with and they need our data in an urgent situation okay and if they if they do need the information uh, in a timely manner who do they contact like how do they reach out to you well TikTok has a web form that you can find by going to our law enforcement guidelines website uh, it's tiktok.com slash legal slash law dash enforcement. But you could also find it just by Googling TikTok law enforcement guidelines. Uh, once you get into our guidelines page, you're going to see an option there to uh, visit our web form. Uh, and once you're in the web form, you can do anything from ask us a question. Uh, you can submit legal process through the web form. Uh, you can submit a preservation request through the web form. And again, you could also uh, submit that emergency request. And once that emergency request would go in through the web form, it gets routed uh, to wherever in the world the team is that's working on that emergency team at that moment. Because uh, we, you know, we're obviously 24/7, and right. so you're going to get a really quick response from us uh, as long as you follow the steps in that web form. Oh wow, that's so simple. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I, I didn't realize that uh, TikTok had the options for police officers to support them in that manner, especially in exigent circumstance. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you, AJ, for tr uh, dropping by. Is there anything else you want to tell us about? Uh, for any police officers that are going to be hearing this, um, our team is happy to run these trainings uh, at any time for any amount of police officers. I've been in front of a, a crowd of 3,000 people and I've done Northern Alberta <laughs> detachments for the RCMP that have uh, you know two members. So it doesn't matter to us, big or small, we just want to get our message out to as many officers as we possibly can about the steps that they need to follow in order to request user data from us. All right, well, thank you so much for coming to the conference. Thanks for having me. I'm with Pete Grande from the Toronto Police Association. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Awesome. Awesome. Good. How are you Good. doing? Good. Thanks. Uh, so tell tell me, like, what, what's the association doing here? Uh, we are one of the proud sponsors of this conference. Uh, we're here to to support our people. Uh, a lot of you can tell. You know, you you walk into this room and you can immediately tell how much time and effort has gone into this to make this 
not just on paper, but in reality, an international conference. No, definitely. It's a great attendance here today, as well as I've taken, it, uh, I've taken a look at the agenda today. Great uh, resources being talked about. One was about TikToking, case law, and so forth. Yeah. So with the association, what's your position there? I'm the director of member benefits. Okay. And you've been there for a while now, right? Uh, four years. Seems like yesterday, but it seems like a lifetime. Right. So what's the best way for our members of the Toronto Police Service to reach out for help, to assistance, if, if they need to speak to you about something? Incredible question. Incredible. And we get uh, two to three calls a day from our members right. uh, asking for, for assistance. Some of them not even knowing that they need help, but they're, they're realizing, whether it's on their own or through their uh, partners or through their family members, that something's just not right. Uh, and it's time to get it back on track. The best way uh, is is to call the association, 416-491-4301, or send me an email. Yeah. Send me an email. Everything is confidential. My email address is my first initial, my last name, so P-G-R-A-N-D-E at T-P-A.ca. Yeah. We, um, we have a roster of psychologists and therapists who we can, uh, with a phone call, get our people in, not immediately, depending on the situation, uh, but very quickly, a lot Excellent. quicker than out in the community. Wow. Yeah, as speaking uh, myself, I'm a police officer of uh, 15 years, and uh, I know the association has always been there for me, uh, supporting me in every facet of my career so far and personal home life as well when I reach out. So I want to thank the association for being there for me and for the other uh, service members of our uh, of our huge, huge uh family here, I guess, right? 7,500. Right. 7,500 so strong. where do you see uh, the association going from this point forward for the remainder of 2023? Uh, well, we're starting to um, to turn our minds to bargaining, as you're well aware. Yeah. Uh, the end of our five-year contracts coming up at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. We're turning our mind to that. That's the business portion. Uh, my wellness team and I, there's myself, uh, Tom Gabriel, Liz Cordero and Sarah Thornburn, we're constantly on a daily basis trying to better ourselves. Mm -hmm. This way we can help our members. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a saying we have, our goal is to not have anybody call us. Right. Yeah. And, and by that I mean have everybody as healthy as they possibly be. Right. Now, what's, what's the best time to get a hold of someone? Uh, like, let's say it's... Uh, Anytime. Exigent circumstances. We like don't... We don't I, my phone is on 24-7, as uh, all of our directors' phones are. Okay. Uh, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to crisis, when it comes to I'm just not right and I need to get right, there is no proper time. Right. I get right. calls at 3 in the afternoon, just like I get calls at 3 in the morning. Yeah. No, I, I think that's the biggest step as a police service, uh, a police officer, is, is recognizing that moment when you're just not feeling right. Mm -hmm. It could be something small. It could be something major. Maybe it's a disturbed sleep patterns, the beginning of something, right? Um, if uh, if there's one message you got to tell our podcast listeners, what would that be right now? Let's work together to get rid of the stigma surrounding mental health and law enforcement. And by law enforcement, obviously, uh, our members come first, but I'm also talking about firefighters, DAS, corrections, anybody right. who's on the front line. Yeah. Let's work together to get rid of that stigma. By getting rid of that stigma, it would allow our people the courage to come forward and say, yeah, I may, I may not need to come off work. I may not need to take a knee, right. 
but let me just talk to somebody. Right. Yeah, I, I have been, uh, I've reached out a couple times to uh, people and just by talking to someone, you don't realize in some cases how much you're actually carrying on your chest or on your shoulders yeah. until you speak about it. And then you're like, wow, I didn't know that had that impact on me and my family. Yeah. I know uh, earlier on in this podcast, we had Beyond the Blue here yep. as well. And they're great advocates as well as supporting family at work and family at home as well. I just want to say thank you for all the things My you're pleasure. doing and uh, the association for doing everything they've done for the service members and for the families of the service members. And thank you for coming today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us at the Toronto Police Service International Human Trafficking Conference. I'm certainly delight um, to have you here um, to contribute in the way you're doing to the global fight um, against human trafficking. Um, this is certainly a privilege for us and we'd like to hear from you as to what brought you here and your involvement and your roles as to uh you know helping out with with, with this global fight so please uh, maybe we can start with uh anna i am here on behalf of pace law i'm an immigration lawyer and I, my background is ukrainian so when the war started we uh, at pace were getting a lot of calls and a few members on our team uh, speak Ukrainian or Russian, so we were able to uh, respond to large groups of people who were coming in asking how to quickly get their family members uh, to Canada, who were fleeing very quickly uh, from the war. It was a it was a crisis si situation. It was a um, chaotic time, and. Um, I came today, I was invited uh, to speak about the vulnerabilities of the Ukrainians who are coming in uh, to Canada and to other countries uh, where host countries have uh, invited them in and how their status in Canada and how they had to come in so quickly without job offers and without and with limited government support, how that has uh, led to them being vulnerable to being trafficked. Certainly, and, and you know, thanks for sharing. Um, definitely important work that's being done. And you can see the vulnerabilities, um, some of the challenges um, from families that have to now migrate to a destination um, where they may not be a setup. For yourself, Anna, um, just being involved in the type of work that you're involved. If one um, were to say wanted to reach out um, to you, how, how would they get in contact? We do have a dedicated uh, website. Pace Law does have a dedicated website for Ukrainians um, with uh, certain help numbers available there, as well as our contact information. Uh, we had a dedicated email for uh, for Ukrainians to contact us so that we could quickly respond. I know they have some resources, um, and as we spoke to some of the organizers of the conference, and maybe that would be uh, a conduit uh, to, to check that resource listing um, definitely um, if further information is, is, is required. I will say that uh, early on there was a, a list of lawyers in, in Toronto um, and across Canada who either speak Ukrainian or Russian and uh, who are um, or who are able to dedicate their time to assisting people in this situation and uh, that list was created um, by the Ukrainian Canadian Congress and posted on their website as well. So I did get a lot of calls through that medium. And Lydia, nice to have you here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting us here and good morning. 
I am also of Ukrainian background, um, although I was born here in Canada. And I had worked for over 30 years with the Toronto Police Service, having recently retired it just before the, the start of the war. And as most Ukrainians and other uh, community members in, in, in Toronto and across Canada had engaged in all sorts of volunteer efforts, um, as did I. So I am now currently working with the Ukrainian um, National Federation of Canada as a program director. And our programs are Together We Are Strong, and they focus on assisting the newly arrived Ukrainians who have come here on the Kuwait visa, um, fleeing the war in, in search of safety and security, uh, to help them assimilate and help them adjust into the Ukrainian and Canadian community. We have developed several programs that uh, focus on children and women in particular, recognizing that it's women and children that make up probably 80 to 90% of the individuals that uh, are have been displaced and are arriving here. And the some of the programs that we are running is, uh, for example, last summer we started a summer camp uh, up around Aurelia. And we also ran a retreat program for families, which brought them up there for five days and gave them a chance just to rest, relax, take a breath, and just be able to uh, not worry about the accommodation, not worry about the circumstances, and also give them an opportunity to network with other individuals that are experiencing and going through uh, the same circumstances as, as they are. And we also have provided them with mental health support. We have a, a group of volunteers, mental health professionals, that have developed both training for individuals who are in contact and who work with the uh, the women and the, the children that are arriving here, providing them with the psychological first aid. And we also run programs that are actually support programs for adults and for families, for the parents and, and the children. We ran a day camp at, the, uh, at a facility in Toronto throughout the summer as well. And throughout, uh, those were all successful programs. So that initiated um, an expansion of some of the additional programs that we thought that would be beneficial to them throughout the year. So we began um, an after school program with three schools in our general area. And again, assisting the parents and the mothers, um, giving them time to be able to work so they don't have to worry about at three o'clock having to pick up their kids from work or being home um, and as mentioned before they have no very little in some cases have very little support networks so there's no babysitters so on and we've ran the winter camps and now we are also just preparing to um, start up our summer programs again Excellent. and we are very fortunate that we're able to do this because of the generosity of um, both Canadians and Ukrainians yeah. that have um, have recognized the need yes. for this kind of support yes. and have been very very generous in, in in doing just that. Well, this is amazing, and this goes to show the collaboration again. Um, look at the work, wonderful work that both of you are involved in, 
and just uniting and bringing that together. I can, I can certainly attest um, to being a newcomer to Canada, um, having resources, as, as you have explained, and, and having outlets to, to, you know, dealing with different types of laws and understanding and having that support network certainly is vital um, to those that are coming here. I want to say thank you um, on behalf of the Toronto Police Service and Human Trafficking and Toronto Crime Stoppers. Uh, continue the fight. Um, I'm sure we will continue to collaborate in, in many ways. Congratulations on your retirement. <laughs> um, but uh, nonetheless, um, again, thank you for, for stopping in with us. And uh, if there's anything that we can do to support um, your, your future endeavors, please let us know. Thank you. Thank have, you very much. Have a great day. Good afternoon, Anita. Hi, good afternoon. What a pleasure it is to be sitting here with you. Um, this is certainly a delight to see all the different partners engage in the global fight on human trafficking. Such an important subject, su such an important issue. And, um, you know, why don't you share with us today uh, the reasons why you're here? Okay, absolutely. Well, um, first off, I'm, I'm very happy to be here uh, representing not only ex-Toronto member, um, but also my new agency, which is the Department of Homeland Security. And uh, I work in criminal investigations. So my function in Canada is to basically investigate crime where there's a nexus in both countries. So obviously we know human trafficking is a huge priority with both governments. And with our agency starting in uh, tw late 2022 for 2023, it's become paramount with new initiatives, new plans, all for fighting and combating human trafficking, human smuggling. So it's really been put on the top of the radar and top of the priority list. So I was invited to speak here as a result of doing cases um, with Toronto Police and other police agencies in investigating international human trafficking. Because as we know, uh, bad guys don't have borders. So they're just lines in the sand and um, we need to all work together. And the great part about being at this conference and listening to speakers um, was to see and to make really clear to me that it's going to take a village to combat um, human trafficking internationally and all over the world. It's so global. Um, so I think the more partners we make, the more people mingle and get to know each other as investigators and all the other partners like, um, you know, it's great to see all the private sector people here and yes. uh, victim services and all yes. those other agencies and technical agencies that I wasn't even aware of yes. that have software. Yeah. That, so all these different partners together are the village yes. and um, I'm, I'm happy to be part of it and I'm excited that my agency is backing that and HSI has made it such a priority. Yeah, well, excellent. Um, you know, certainly uh, you representing Homeland from, from this tier and, and showing the nexus and we speak on collaboration. It's so important. Um, we all play a vital role um, to this global fight. As, as you mentioned, uh, crime, crime is transient. It doesn't have any borders. Um, certainly, what would you, uh, a message you would like to send to those um, who are experiencing or involved or know, may know information. I know from us, from the Crime Stoppers perspective, here we are, um, you know, uh, providing this anonymous platform for individuals to feel safe, to have a portal to come and report information. But what would you like to, to share with, with those out there that are, you know, 
experiencing this? You know, it takes me back to when um, I was raising my son, and I used to say about bullying, is that, um, you know, traditionally we taught kids to say, tell a big person. But that wasn't good enough because the first big person probably wouldn't do anything. And maybe the second big person wouldn't do anything. And I think of it the same way. And I think having um, an anonymous way to give information. Um, from, all, from 30 years of policing, I've learned that people have things to say. And whether they're the victim or there's another victim um, that they know or they suspect or someone they suspect is doing bad things, they don't know who to tell. Yes. Because it might not be in this country. That's right. And so Crime Stoppers is a great first place. Or you tell any big person, That's any right. person that they think right. they can talk to, a doctor, anyone who connect them. You know, HSI also has an anonymous tip line um, that the number is everywhere. You can just Google HSI tip line. That's right. Um, but so do the FBI. And yes. I know FBI sounds scary, but we all do the same work. Yes. So whether it's a police hotline, That's a, right. a community hotline, That's right. a tip line, just getting that information out or taking that first step um, to ask for help, I think is, is crucial. And I think just like a little kid, if you don't get the result you want the first time or someone doesn't hear you or they don't understand, not to stop. That's to right. keep trying to That's feed right. that information yeah. into the system because you'll you'll get those ears that hear. Well, folks, you've heard it right from Anina Mancuso from Homeland Security. You know what? Let someone know. We're here. See it, say it, stop it. Crime Stoppers, whether it's us, whether it's the police, whether it's a, a resource that's out there, let someone know because we care. We Thank do. you, Anita, for being with us today. Thank you. Good afternoon, Kelly. Good afternoon. I know this has certainly, for the last three days, has been a pleasure for us from Crime Stoppers to speak to so many uh, wonderful uh, partners that are, that are here. And uh, we were hoping that you can take a few minutes, as you are, uh, to share with us um, your participation and the reason for attending right. um, um, the conference. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. I. Uh, Unfortunately, today was the only day that I was able to attend because I was out of the country for March break with my family. But um, I am a presenter. I presented this morning on Ontario's free legal support program for victims and survivors of human trafficking, which um, does exactly what the title says it does. It, uh, it provides independent legal advice for victims and survivors of human trafficking. I am the council that um, runs the program and people reach me through calling the human trafficking hotline and asking to speak to a lawyer for, you could say a restraining order or protection order. Um, there's many things I do in this role and that's one of the things that I do, but I essentially help victims and survivors and those at risk of human trafficking to navigate their situation, navigate legal aspects of their situation and um, provide them with knowledge and awareness to be able to make the right choice for themselves. So it's all about empowerment and Ontario is the only province to have this program. Canada is the only country to have this program in Ontario and wow. one of the things that I'm on a personal crusade for is to hopefully get this program not only across Canada but um, throughout the world because yes. historically if someone is in a human trafficking situation they have two options go to police or don't go to police 
and this offers another layer of protection to know that they can speak with someone who is their lawyer, they don't have to pay for that lawyer, and I can talk to them about their options and assist them to achieve those options. Amazing, amazing work, and, and this is why we, we take the time to speak to individuals such as yourself. And, and I, I just wanna say thank you for doing what you do um, on this platform, and we certainly um, share that sentiment in terms of getting the messaging out, not just here locally, but here we are at an international conference. And a part of Crime Stoppers, that's what, that's what we do. And having or providing um, that platform to report um, information anonymously, part of it is, is uh, as you know, for a podcast like this, will be reached in 24 countries across the globe. That's amazing. So we have a little bit of reach. And collectively, as we said, collaboratively, here we are, everyone uniting on this front to, to amplify the message of, you know what, you have an opportunity to report. You have resources where you can get some, some assistance from. Um, if there's one thing you would like our message to send out to, to those that are, are victimized or, or potential victims, or those that may even have information or suspicion, things of that nature, what would that be? I think this conference in itself is indicative of how many supports are out there. And I feel one role in this huge conference of close to 500 people, but I work in partnership with almost all of these people, not everyone, but so many of these people that help me do what I do. And they are amazing people. They provide an enormous amount of support. And often when I meet with a survivor, they don't have any supports in their life at all. And it's nice to be able to send a message to anyone who is in this situation or at risk that they may not realize the supports that are there, but they're enormous. And it's just a matter of connecting and making that call and exposing yourself to people who can help because we all need help in different situations and all of us here today are here to help survivors of human trafficking get out of their situation. Well, folks, you heard it right from Kelly. Uh, you know, she utilizes numerous uh, partnerships and resources in her line of work. And as a survivor, there is some resources and help for you out there. So we are here for you. And together, unanimously, we can um, help curb and make a difference in this global fight of diminishing and eradicating human trafficking. Thank you, Kelly, for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Same to you. As we conclude, I'd like to remind everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous, criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas. Please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be safe.